The Globe was about to forget that the Oscars even existed. And then Will Smith staged a violent but mostly mostly peaceful protest after getting the death glare from his wife, Jada. And now when you're in an open and, and you're celebrating an open marriage and participating in an open marriage, you can never be too careful about what the other person might do. Speaking of careful, this slap was a perfect dopamine hit to society so that we could effectively ignore the coming recession and the possible end of the U.S. dollar as we know it. After all, in the backwards world, inflation is a good thing because it devalues your money, making you broker than you already are. Remember, by the year 2030, you will own nothing and you will be happy. But don't worry. The Biden administration, the economic world forum, and the new world order predicted that there is going to be gas shortages, predicted there's going to be food shortages, predicted even exactly how Putin would invade Ukraine, and yet he really didn't do very much about it. Russia, on the other hand, despite their economy being totally smashed and decimated, they did. They did heed those predictions of the sanctions of war that they were about to face, and they began to buy gold. They actually pegged their ruble to the gold and are now about to establish a new gold oil standard because when the writing is on the wall and you can read the writing on the wall, you should probably do something about it beyond just telling people that you knew this was going to happen and I told you so as you and everyone else goes on suffering for it. If there is a lion in the street, protect yourself. For there are no merit points for suffering needlessly for something that you could have prevented. But, 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 but if you are a post-liberal Disney activist seeking to indoctrinate other people's children with gender dysphoria, then a new world order and a new moral order is welcomed. So why would you want to stop? or impede the destruction that you put in motion all those decades ago. In fact, it seems like the plan is working. Hey, it is Lucas Grobot, and you're listening to The Lucas Grobot Show, where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future, episode 276, March 31st, 2022. Welcome to the show there. I, I'm messing around with these new intros, little longer intros. I kind of like them. I hope you enjoyed them. But uh, on today's episode, if you can't tell, we're going to hit the one thing that everyone, sadly, myself included, have actually been talking about this week, which is the, the slap that was reverberated around the world. We are, of course, going to hit what's happening with Ukraine and Putin. Uh, we're not going to miss out on the the boomer groomers, groomer boomers, uh, Disney activists, the the videos that are out and circulating about. Uh, shocking. Just uh, it, people said that this was happening. We've been saying that this is happening. The indoctrination of our children. But of course, it has been denied, denied, denied. 
The videos are clear. Disney has an agenda, and it is an agenda to indoctrinate your children with their post-liberal alphabet agenda. Uh, wow, let's first let's first start with this clip by Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. It is all over social media. And there's a couple points that I want to point out from this interaction. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. There's a joke. (laughs) Will Smith is laughing. (laughs) That was a a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh Uh-oh. Richard. (laughs) Oh, wow. Slap. Wow. Will Smith just smacked out of me. Ooh. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? Oh. <laughs> I can, oh. oh. So when I first saw this, one, of course, shocked. Two, I thought, who really cares? Um, you know, it's a violent but mostly peaceful protest at the Oscars. It's nothing different than we've been seeing for the last number of years. Uh, My other thought was there's a lot more important things going on in the world besides uh, Chris Rock being assaulted by Will Smith. I I thought to myself, my goodness, they're actors. This is probably all staged. After all, I didn't even know the Oscars was going on. Maybe you did. I kind of knew. I didn't care. I wasn't paying attention to it. I would have not paid attention to it had not this scene happened. So, of course, I thought this probably was staged. And there's a lot of people who think it was staged. A lot of reasons to think it was staged. Bad publicity is good publicity. No one was paying attention to the Oscars. I think even still, it was the second worst ratings of any Oscars. So there there would be some financial incentive for Will Smith, as long as he doesn't get thrown in jail or something, which I highly doubt will happen, to make a scene so that people would be paying attention to him as he got his award. Chris Rock definitely comes out on top. His, I mean, he's now like a legend for taking such a slap in the face and laughing it off in, in front of millions of people live. Uh, so if that was staged, you think, well, his tour is going to take off now be- because of this incident. So there's a lot of reasons to think that this was actually planned and set up. But the the more that I watched it, I actually I actually wonder, I actually don't think it was. And and here's why. The, the first reasons why, if you watch this clip a little more. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> Okay. When when he says this joke, Will Smith is laughing. Jada Smith is eye rolling. Will is loving this. Jada is very disgusted in this moment. You can just see it in all over her face. And it makes me think there probably was a moment shortly after it, the scene switched back 
to Chris Rock that she's leaned over, said something to Will, do something about this, which then instigated Will to go up and slap Chris Rock. And the other, the other thing, the other reason that I think that this is actually real is by their interaction after the fact. Their interaction after the fact and their exchange of words, you can hear the, the tremor and energy in uh, both Will's and Chris's voice, which, of course, they're actors. They're really great actors. Of course, here we are at the Oscars. They're actors. They could have very well been acting. But I've been in situations that are somewhat confrontational, and someone gets really big in a room, aggressive, and you're like, whoa, just calm down. I, I hear this in Chris Rock's voice. Here it is. You my name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a GI. It's, it, you can, even in Will, you can feel this like holding back. It's either it's brilliant acting or it, I think it was real. I change him. Even that tone, it was a GI Jane joke. Just trying to diffuse the situation, trying to figure out what's going on. Brilliant. My wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I think I think it was I think it was real. Now, uh, Jim Carrey weighed in on this, and he said he was disgusted. And I agree, disgusted that everyone is giving a round of applause and and celebrating an assault on Chris Rock on national TV. Now, Chris Rock, of course, he's willing to say things that most people in Hollywood aren't willing to say. He's willing to call a man a man and a woman a woman. He is not willing to say um, men can menstruate or I guess trans, trans women. I mean, and this is what's going around. This is the path. It is pathology and it is delusion. It is delusion to say that a man who decides he is a woman all of a sudden can feel PMS and menstrual cramps. It is one thing for a person to have gender dysphoria, and I have compassion on that, in thinking like, wow, this is actually, it is actually really heartbreaking to see someone actually believe that they're having menstrual cramps, that that's how far this delusion has gone. They actually believe they're having menstrual cramps and that they can just because they are identifying now as a woman. But it is something completely different, completely different to believe for society to affirm and agree and say, yes, this, this is indeed happening. This is, this is real. The emperor does have clothes. No, the emperor has no clothes. Chris Rock, on the other hand, he is willing to stand up and say these things. Now, I don't think that uh, I don't think that anyone should be assaulted on TV or at any time a slap. I don't think Will Smith is going to see any uh, prosecution. Chris Rock is not going to prosecute him. And I think, wow, hat off to Chris Rock for handling this like a man he didn't he didn't strike back he he was cool calm and collective and uh 
amazing. That's my that's my breakdown of it. I I think the the face that Jada is making as <laughs> as this exchange is happening, the eye roll that she makes, I think that's really Jada, what I love you, GI Jane too. I think that's really what caused Will Smith to react the way he did. And a lot of people have brought up, and we brought it up here on the show before as well. They're they are publicly in a celebrated open marriage where she has cockled, he's a, he's a cockled husband, right? She has gone, gone off and slept with other people. Is there some pent up hurt, rage, brokenness in their relationship? Probably. I don't know. I don't know, Will. In, I'm, I'm actually not here to judge him. I don't think that, maybe some people do think he should be canceled. I don't necessarily think that he should be canceled. I think it exposes that when you, you are living in a, a world filled with brokenness in, in your relationships, in your, in your marriage, in, in your family, and you're celebrating that, that celebration is just masking over pain that is underneath, that is unhealth, that is just being masked over by saying this is actually good. You're just changing your, the labels on values. Because you're living in such dysfunction, you say the dysfunction is actually healthy. The dysfunction is healthy, and that is going to come out sideways. And it came out sideways at Chris Rock from what I think is a mild joke. Yes, it was a joke about Jada being bald, which is she is bald and decided to cut her hair because she was losing her hair from a, a disease. And so there have been some people defending Will Smith, but really, I mean, it was a mild, it was a mild joke compared to things that are, are currently out there. Um, not just from the comedian world, but even against the open marriage between Will and Jada. So, and as I said in the intro, this slap, this slap in the face, it really shows by the fact that we are also, myself included, the number of conversations that we've had, the fact that we just spent 10, 15 minutes discussing someone getting slapped, actors slapping one another on public TV, that this is the talk of society. It shows one, our obsession, our obsession with celebrities, our obsession with fame, and how they really are role models in our society. And it also shows us that we are willing to put our head in the sand and talk about and be obsessed with this drama moment on TV rather than the alarm bells that are going off in the world. Now, of course, you can only talk about the alarm bells that are going off in the world for so long before you feel fatigued. And those alarm bells have been going off for a long time, for the last two years plus. We've had alarm bells from pandemics to war to recession to crashes to from, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, Afghanistan, Ukraine. There's always these alarm bells and bad news going off. But at the same time that this was happening, there was. There was another alarm bell that was going off, and that was the inverse of the yield curve. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the inverse of the yield curve, which we're going to talk about in just a minute, 
actually, before we talk about that, excuse me, I want to go to what's happening in Ukraine because what's happening in Ukraine with Putin does really play into what we're seeing with the yield curve. And probably maybe you don't know what a yield curve is. Not a lot of people do. I had to spend a lot of time researching and reading to understand exactly how yield curves curves work because I'm not a financial consultant. I'm I'm not day trading on the stock market, but there are signals right now that we are heading in the next six to 24 months into a recession and we need to be prepared for it, not just to see the writing on the wall that actually do something about it, but what is playing into what is happening on a global level when it comes to the US dollar being a reserve currency is what is happening right now between Putin and Ukraine and other surrounding nations, including Finland and NATO. Many people are viewing what is happening right now as a loss on Putin's side, that Putin is losing this war. He's lost many troops. Many people thought that Putin thought that he was just going to roll into Ukraine and take over, but that's not what happened. There is an an article that was put out originally by the, the New York Times saying, what if Putin actually didn't miscalculate, but he caused everyone to think that he was losing and he was miscalculating and he's actually being extremely strategic in winning this war. That right now, everyone's saying he's lost contact with reality. He's physically unwell. He's not mentally there. He's out of control. He's a madman with his finger on the button of of nuclear footballs on the second largest nuclear arsenal in the world. What if that's the perception that he is projecting that he wants people to actually think and believe? Well, in this article by the New York Times, Carlota Gall writes about her experience um, in the the Chechen war in the mid-1990s. And Gall says, there is a whole next stage to Putin's playbook, which is well known to the Chechens. As Russian troops gained control on the ground in Chechnya, they crushed any further dissonance with arrests and filtrations of camps. There was a moment in the Chechen war that the Russians were decimated. Their tanks were totally decimated. They pulled back in embarrassment. They regrouped. And then Russia just just bombed, just carpet bombed from afar with artillery those areas. And a Canadian, and they're saying the connection to what's happening right now in Ukraine is the connection is it looks like Putin is losing on many fronts. But what if it's actually a strategic move so that he can win and it's a bait and switch? A Canadian energy expert, David Knight Legg, writes, under the guise of an invasion, Putin is executing an enormous heist. Because what is left, what will be left after Ukraine is split up will be a mostly landlocked Ukraine in the West, and Ukraine will be able to pick up a ton of oil reserves, gas reserves, and ports. 
Suppose for a moment that Putin never intended to conquer all of Ukraine, that from the beginning, his real targets were energy rich riches of Ukraine's east, which contains Europe's second largest known reserves of natural gas after Norway. This would also make sense as why Putin has been targeting civilians. The article goes on to explain more than simply a way of it's, targeting civilians is more than simply a way of compensating for the incompetence of the Russian troops. The mass killing of civilians puts an immense, immense pressure on Zelensky to agree with things that Putin has demanded all along, territorial concessions and Ukraine neutrality so that Ukraine doesn't join NATO. The West will look for any opportunity to de-escalate, especially as we convince ourselves that, mentally, that Putin is mentally unstable and prepared to use nuclear weapons. So this is definitely dark, a dark way of thinking. But what if Putin is targeting civilians so that people think he's a madman, so that people would appease him, so that he could actually just get that land that he's already conquered in the east of Ukraine, so that people will give him all the concessions so that we don't go into World War III and that Putin wins because he's played the madman. Everyone thinks he's a madman. He's crazy. He's lost it. He, has, he can't even think straight. But what if that is Russian propaganda to scare and the world into capitulating to Russia's demand in the Ukraine? Well, this week also, Russian fighters violated Swedish airspace to send a message to Sweden to say, do not join NATO. And on top of that, these fighters that went into NATO airspace reportedly were equipped with nuclear weapons as a form of intimidation, saying we are willing to fight against anyone that is somewhat neutral in this that might go and join NATO. Currently, 4 million refugees have fled Ukraine, according to the UN. 4 million refugees have fled during this crisis. And here we are, instead, talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock and whether, whether or not Will Smith is going to be thrown in jail. In the meantime, Russia pegged their ruple to gold. Now, this is. This is quite an important development. We've been talking about how it is likely in the coming years, not coming weeks, not coming days, but in the coming years, we could see a transition on a global scale away from the U.S. dollar as a global reserve currency into another currency of some sort. When the U.S. dollar came off of the gold reserve and pegging it so that $1 equaled a certain amount of gold, when we came off of that, well, now the dollar has no real value. 80% of U.S. dollars have been printed in the last two years, driving inflation prices. There is a lot of speculation and suspicion when it comes to the strength of the U.S. dollar in the long run across the globe. So Russia pegging the ruble 
away from the U.S. dollar and to a gold standard creates a level of stability within their currency. And since their currency dropped largely over the last month due to sanctions, they were able to back all of their currency with a certain amount of gold that they have in their possession. And now they're accepting, instead of just having to accept Russia accepting payments for their gas and oil exports, which are happening to Europe still and happening to, to China, they are now saying, we will accept, if you are a friendly country, we will accept payments in ruples, we will accept payment in gold, and we will accept payment in your currency or Bitcoin if you are a favorable country to us, rather than having to accept payment in the U.S. dollar, which is shifting a large, a large segment of the globe and it gives the, the rest of the globe an ability to trade in something other than U.S. fiat that's stable because now it's being tied back to a gold standard. And this really could be a toppling, one of the dominoes that begins to change, really, the world order. We've been talking about that new world order. This could be a domino that begins to change that world order. And we are beginning to see that as well in the U.S. stock markets, which brings us to yield curves. Now, what is a yield curve? A yield curve, it, generally, it looks like this. You can have a yield curve is connected to the bond market. Now, bonds are when governments or business is looking to receive loans from people. So if you're a government or you're a business and you need to raise money for for your business venture or to grow your economy, you can issue a bond. So I would say, I need $100. I'll give you, I'll sell you a bond. You give me $100. Essentially, I'm getting a loan or the government's getting a loan from investors. Those investors are then promised by the government a certain return on their investment. So for $100, you might get $103 back over the course of that bond or over the course of that, that loan. And that difference between the 100 and the 103, that 3%, that is called the yield, the yield that you are getting on that investment. So when you see a yield curve, it is the differences, the, the, the slope, as you can see, between the yield or the percentage of interest that the investor is going to get back on a two-year, a five-year, a 10-year, 20, and 30-year bond. So in a healthy economy, if I was going to lend you or you were going to lend me $100 for two years, I would expect a lower interest rate. Versus if you were going to give me $100 for 10 years or 20 or 30 years, you are going to want to have a higher yield. You're going to want to get more money out of that because it has more risk. You're investing it for a longer amount of time versus two years, you're getting the money back quickly. Well, what happens when the, the yield curve inverts 
is people are able to get higher yields off of a two-year bond loaning money for two years. You'll get a higher percentage than if you loaned the money for 10 years. Now, this seems backwards. If I was going to loan you money for one week, I would expect less money back than if I was going to loan you money for one year. But what happens when that flips and why does that flip? Well, that flips because there are investors who are looking at the economy and they're saying, wait a minute, I don't trust what the economy is doing right now. They're looking at inflation. They're looking at at war breaking out in Europe. They're looking at supply lines being backed up. They're looking at the fact that inflation is nearing 7%. They're guessing that the Federal Reserve, that banks are going to raise interest rates, making it harder for people to borrow money. And so they are having doubt in the short term, saying, I'm not going to invest money because I don't think that I'm going to get this money back in the next two years because the economy looks like it's going to take a downturn. Instead, I'm going to buy 10 or 20-year bonds and invest it in the longer term. The more that people buy 10-year bonds, instead of being able to buy a bond at $100, everyone now wants that $100 bond because they're skeptical about the current market situation. So the price begins to go up. Now it's you're getting, you're buying that $100 bond for $103 or $105. This is going somewhere. Bear with me. So the more that you spend for one of those bonds, the percentage that you get back remains the same. However, your yield then drops because you're paying more money for that $100 bond. So imagine. If I bought a loan from you and said, hey, here's $100, you give me $100, you now have a bond, a loan from me. I promise to pay you back $110 in a year. Well, now people are skeptical about the the short term, so everyone wants to buy this bond from you. Well, you, instead of selling it back to someone else or at $100, you're going to sell it for $105, even though I'm only going to pay back $110, which that decreases the yield. So what is currently happening to bring this home? People are skeptical about the current markets. They're not buying the short-term bonds, and they're trying to buy long-term bonds. And so what we saw this week, at the same time, of, this, of the, the slap that was heard around the world, what we saw was the difference between the two-year note and the 10-year note dipping negative for the first time since 2007. Now, these, these events are strongly correlated. There was uh, dozens, I think there's 22 um, events in the last 70 years where the market turned like this, where there's an inverse yield curve. And let's see if I can find the the exact number. I believe there's 22 and 18 of those 22 ended up in a recession six to eight, six to 22 months later. 
So here's a, a statistic. This is by uh, looking at when we saw an inverse yield curve and the number of months later that the recession came. So you can see that in August of 1978, we saw an inverse yield curve. And then 16 months later, we saw a recession. Same thing with 1980, same thing with 88, same thing with 98, same thing with 2006 and 2019. We all saw recessions after that. We see another, another chart here of seeing the yield inversion. And then months later, we see a recession in the not just U.S., but global economy. So this was a, a fairly weak yield, uh, fairly weak inversion of the note, of the two to 10-year note. However, however, there's a whole bunch of other signals and pointers saying the economy is shaky because of inflation, because of supply line and issues, because Food prices going up, gas prices going up, war pending, instability, food shortages. People are not confident. Now, this gives six to 22 months before we could see another recession. But that means, one, it means that we have another short season before a possible recession happens that we can actually do something, that we can make a difference that we can prepare for a drought that's coming. And with that, we can remember that it's in the times of recession. If you look at this, this uh, chart here, you can see that we had an inversion between 2006 and 2008. Those were still good times before the bubble of 08, which caused massive global recession. People across the world lost their jobs because of this American recession due to the, the housing bubble collapse, because there was bad junk bonds out there. And if we're going into that again, we can see what is probably coming down the pipeline. Now, if you were prepared in 2008, if you were positioned well in 2008, you could actually come out on top. It's in bad times that people actually build and create wealth because they're able to solve problems or they have capital ready to invest when everyone is fear and panicking, selling out. Now, again, I am not a financial consultant. I uh, definitely am not an expert when it comes to this, but this is what I'm seeing this is what I'm reading, and this is something that I really do think that we should focus on and realize this is where the world is going. The world is likely going to be pivoting away from a U.S. dollar. Biden is looking to establish a U.S. dollar cryptocurrency where you wouldn't be able to go and actually exchange your crypto for another form of fiat. It's, it's only your crypto your U.S. crypto dollar, where your spending can be con completely controlled. We could see, and this is what they're doing in China, creating their own crypto yen. We are likely to see massive macro shifts over the next 24 months. How are we building our lives and the environment around us in a way we, where we are protected and we are anticipating 
the things that are to come so that we can help others around us. Yeah, that makes sense. In a post-truth society where we've exchanged truth for lies and reason for postmodern irrationality, the absurd finally makes sense. Well, Disney has taken their Mickey Mouse mask off and have gone full-blown groomer status, all in response to a bill that was passed in Florida. Now, this what does Florida have to do with Saudi Arabia or the Middle East? Well, actually a lot, because Disney has a lot to do with the way that the minds of youth are being shaped all across the globe. It doesn't matter whether it's from India or China or Russia or Ukraine. Disney plays a large role in shaping the minds of the culture, because what you see, what you watch, that is what you become. Well, Florida put a bill into place, which is being called by the left a don't say gay bill, but really it is a parental rights bill. In the bill, I've, I've read through the bill, the biggest thing in the bill that's being made a, a, a fuss of is the statement that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. That's right. Kindergarten through third grade. It's a simple bill saying, hey, parents have the, have the responsibility and right to raise up their children. And it is not the education, school education system to be indoctrinating children with sexual orientation and gender identity from kindergarten to third grade. Third grade. It's not high school. It's not even middle school. It's to third grade. Your kid's like nine. Eight, nine, maybe 10. Well, the, the activists on the left are just enraged. It started with, oh, we're, we're not teaching this in schools. Oh, th th this doesn't matter. They're born this way. And now it's, I can't believe that we can't share and indoctrinate and teach young kids kindergarten through third grade what trans is, how they can become trans, and make sure that they hide it from their parents. Now, there, there's a clause even in this saying that a teacher, if they think it would cause parental abuse, which is criminal activity, then yeah, you, you, know, you don't have to go and tell an adult something that happened in class if you think that the adult, you don't have to tell a parent something that happened in class if you think that the parent is going to abuse their children. It is a simple law that says other people who are being hired to teach kids how to spell and write and do math should not be permitted to indoctrinate other people's kids with their political gender identity. Very simple. Well, Disney is just enraged. They staged a walkout, and then they held 
a uh, a company closed conference video conference that video footage got leaked and now it is all over the internet here is Karen Burke who is a Disney corporate president you can hear it straight from her mouth in her in the company's reimagine tomorrow initiative where they're making sure that at least 50% of the characters are quote unquote underrepresented groups which is lgbtq plus ia 2a plus alphabet I'm I'm here as a mother of of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations and. Um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them, uh, to all of us. We, we had a we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I and I and I realized, oh, it it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories, and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters um, and and not have to be about gay stories. And so um, that's been very eye-opening for me. Um, and, and I, I can tell you, um, it's something that I feel perhaps had this moment not happened. Um, I, as a leader and me, as my colleagues would not have focused on and, and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so I know that we will be. And, um, and I hope this is a moment where shoot, um, the 50% of the tears, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> are coming. Um, uh, we don't, we just don't allow each other to go backwards. They don't want to allow each other to go backwards. They're making a commitment. She's already admitting that they have a ton of, of alphabet identity and characters in their content, in their show. And if you've not watched Disney movies recently, then you might be unaware. But if you've watched them, it's, it's easy as an adult to see and point out and be like, they wrote that character, that character this side character, this character, all these relationships, these moments, you're like, there's an indoctrination that's going on. And it, it was been said, oh no, that's not real. That's not really what we're doing. We're not really trying to indoctrinate children. And we're not really trying to shape the way a child sees the world. But that's exactly, exactly what they're doing openly. It's not a secret agenda. It is a blatant agenda. Here is, and it's an agenda specifically against parental rights. They're saying that parents should not have the right to teach and raise their child. That right belongs to the state. That right belongs to activists who want to control your family, control the way that people 
think. And they want to do that through education, through saying that your kid does not belong to you. You do not have rights and ownership over how to raise your minor. That belongs to me. That belongs to us as a government who decides how we want to indoctrinate the children in our society. Well, here is an executive producer also from Disney from the same conference. Uh, Latoya, Latoya. I'd heard things like, oh, you know, they won't let you show this at a Disney show. And I'm like, okay. So I was a little like sus when I started. And, but then my experience was bafflingly the opposite of what I had heard on my little pocket of like, you know, proud family, Disney TVA. Um, the showrunners were super welcoming Meredith Roberts and like the, the, our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my, like not at all secret gay agenda. And so like, I, I feel like I felt like it was, I mean, like, Le maybe you missed that right here. Leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda and so not at all secret gay agenda it's not a secret agenda it's, it's it was stopped being a secret agenda for many years it is an open agenda to to indoctrinate children and that's why it's being calling being, people are saying okay groomer it, it it is literally grooming it is literally grooming children from a young age to think about sexuality in an, an unhealthy, immoral, and destructive way. Where it's not their children that they are seeking to influence, but it's your child. She goes on. So like, I, I feel like, I felt like it was, I mean, like maybe it was that way in the past, but I guess like something must've happened in the last, like, like they are turning it around, they're going hard. And then all that like momentum that I felt like that sense of, I don't have to be afraid to like, let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background, like I was just wherever I could just basically adding queerness to like, the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like, I, I just was like, no one would stop me and no one was trying to stop me. Wherever I could, I would add queerness to the show. It is, is a full on blatant agenda in Disney. And the, this is the media that is shaping the next generation. This is the media that's shaping our kids. These are the images that will, will be ingrained in a child's memory as they watch the same movie over and over in the same show, over and over and over. And it's subtle and it's destructive. But this, this is the agenda of Disney. This is the agenda of activists. They say at the front, oh, this doesn't matter. You're making a big deal out of it. And then it gets full-blown exposed. They're like, actually, this is good. This is actually what we want. And this is an agenda that is directly tied to Marxism. It's directly tied to critical race theory and intersectionality. And it's directly tied to stirring up conflict among people groups, it's directly tied. Directly tied to destroying a moral fabric of a society so it cannot hold together on its own, so that it must rely on the government so that other nations, other ideologies can come in and see revolution 
in a nation without ever having to go to war. That is what's happening. It is an attack on morality. It is an attack on family. And it is you and I that have the responsibility to steward our families and our children with the the godly morals that we believe in, that we know is right, we, that we know will be healthiest and best for our children and for society going for, that forward. That is our responsibility, despite what Disney might do, that it will be, is, and will always be our responsibility. Well, this show is brought to you by viewers like you. We don't have a bunch of ad placements on this show. So if you get value out of this show, we ask that you'd give value back to it in the value that you got out of it. And you can do so by visiting lucasgrobot.com backslash support or by giving through listening on a podcast 2.0 friendly app like Podfriend or Sphinx, where you can load up your Bitcoin wallet and stream Satoshis as you listen. Don't go away. We'll be right back with our closing Weaver and Loom segment. Welcome back to Weaver and Loom, a part of the show where we take ancient wisdom and we weave it in with our everyday lives so that we can own our future and weave our destinies. Today's quote is an ancient Turkish proverb that reads, when a clown moves into a palace, he doesn't become a sultan the palace becomes a circus. It is true. When a clown or a someone who, how about I say it this way? The interior of your world, the way that you think, who you are, that transforms the house that you live in into what you are. You, trans, you take what is inside of you and you manifest it outside of you in your surrounding, in your house, in your environment. So if you are a person with a poverty, prison mentality where you just are impoverished and you're in a prison and then you are put into the highest places of society, you will go and imprison and impoverish the people that you are over. If you are an orphan prisoned in, in your mind, in your heart, when you are taken and you are placed in the highest places of society, you will enslave all those who are underneath you. Likewise, if you are a, you know your identity, you know who you are, you know your value, and you are a, a person who generates wealth and prosperity because you're confident in your abilities, you're confident that you are loved and cared for. You could be thrown into a prison and that prison would be transformed into a palace. That prison would be transformed into what is inside of you. So if you put a, if you put a clown in a palace, you get a circus. But if you put a sultan, Nelson Mandela, in prison, that prison becomes transformed into, into a palace. And so when we think of raising our kids in the environment that we live in, when we think of who we elect, when we think of who we listen to and who we follow and who we should pl be placing as role models in our life, 
realize that who we are on the inside becomes the fruit on the outside. We can know who people are by the fruit of their life. We can know who they are. Now, going all the way back to Will Smith, should we judge him, condemn him, and totally cancel him? No, I don't think so. I personally don't think so. Some people, of course, do. He did assault someone on national TV. But I think we should extend grace. Likewise, that doesn't mean that we should exalt a person who openly demonstrates and openly celebrates areas in his or her life that are, are completely bankrupt. Instead, we should look for role models to set in front of us and role models to set, to set in front of our children who will bear the fruit that we want to see in their life as well. Well, that is all for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you are someone who goes out and seeks truth. You are someone who sees the writing on the wall and you do something about it. You see the coming move from the U.S. dollar and the recession that is likely to come in maybe two, three years. But we're not going to sit as victims, but we are going to actively raise our children and own our futures.